Welcome to our Mercy Church Pray 365 Devotion number 16, Imminent. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth, Psalm 145.18. There are angels in heaven whose sole existence consists of the eternal worship of God Almighty, El Shaddai, sitting upon His throne. After this, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard, like the sound of a war trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. At once I was in special communication with the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there appeared like the crystalline sparkle of a jasper stone and the fiery redness of a sardius stone. And encircling the throne there was a rainbow that looked like the color of an emerald. Twenty-four other thrones surrounded the throne, and seated on those thrones were twenty-four elders dressed in white clothing, with crowns of gold on their head. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumbling sounds and peals of thunder. Seven lamps of fire were burning in the front of the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne there was something like a sea or a large expanse of glass, like the clearest crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living creatures who were full of eyes, in front and behind, seeing everything and knowing everything that is around them. The first living creature was like a lion. The second creature was like a calf, ox. The third creature was like had the face of a man. And the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes, all over and within, underneath their wings. And day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the omnipotent ruler of all, who was and who is and who is to come, the unchanging eternal God. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanksgiving to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And they throw down their crowns before their throne saying, worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive the glory and the honor and the power for you created all things. And because of your will, they exist and were created and brought into being. Revelations 4, 1 through 11. John didn't just preview a one-time event. Isaiah saw heaven too. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw a vision, the Lord sitting on a throne, high and exalted, with the train of His royal robe filling the most holy part of the temple. Above Him, seraphim, heavenly beings, stood. Each one had six wings. With two wings, He covered His face. With two wings, He covered His feet. And with two wings, He flew. And one called out to the other, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Isaiah 6, 1-3 Hundreds of years separate these two accounts of heaven, yet the angels are still doing the same thing, worshiping. They have been doing so for thousands of years and will continue until the end of time. In fact, no amount of worship will ever be enough. Can you imagine that at every turn these angels see a different facet of God, and the elders can do nothing upon witnessing His greatness but simply fall down and worship Him? We could worship God in perpetuity and still not see the fullness of His magnificence. The attributes of God, everything that makes Him who He is, His power, His strength, His wisdom, His glory, His goodness, we could go on for eternity, combined to make an enormity that is hard for us to even fathom. Like human eyes trying to watch a supernova, our brains cannot even compute the magnanimity of God. What makes God even greater than all His splendor is His eminence. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon Him? Deuteronomy 4.7 Elohim, our supreme ruler, reigns above all creation as ruler of everything. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Psalm 146.10 
But El Shaddai, God Almighty, is not too big or too lofty to care about us. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Psalm 8.4 He is not some bigwig in the sky whose affairs are much more important than the measly ants beneath him. After all, we are simply whispers in his eternity. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. James 4.14 God could simply brush us off and get on to more important business. God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. Isaiah 40, 22a. He doesn't sit back and watch the world turn from his throne in the heavens, unaffected by the proceedings beneath. God has looked down from the heaven upon the sons of man to see if there's anyone who understands, who seeks after God. Psalm 53, 2. God is imminent, which means existing or operating within. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Ephesians 4, 6. Eminence is a state of being within something. It means he is inherent, laced throughout and involved in all of creation. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know and have understanding. Who determined the measurements of the earth, if you know, or stretched the measuring line on it? On what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God, angels shouted for joy? Or who enclosed the sea with doors when it burst forth and went out of the womb, when I made the clouds its garments and thick darkness its swaddling band, and marked for it my appointed boundary, and set bars and doors defining the shorelines, and said, This far you shall come, but no further, and here your proud waves shall stop. Since your days began, have you ever commanded the morning and caused the dawn to know its place, so that light may take a hold of the corners of the earth and shake the wickedness out of it? The earth is changed like clay into which a seal is pressed, and the things of the earth stand out like a multicolored garment. Their light is withheld from the wicked, and the uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered and explored the springs of the sea, or have you walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? Tell me, if you know all this, where is the way where light dwells? And as for darkness, where is its place, that you may take it to territory and that you may know the past to its house? You must know since you were born then, and because you are so extremely old. Have you entered the storehouse of the snow, or have you seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war? Where is the way that the light is distributed, or the east wind scattered over the earth? Who has prepared a channel for the torrents of rain and for the flood, or a path for the thunderbolt to bring rain on the uninhabited land and on the desert ground and to make seeds of grass to sprout? Has the rain a father, or who has begotten the drops of dew, out of whose womb has come the ice, and the frost of heaven who has given it birth? Water becomes like stone and hides itself, and the surface of the deep is frozen and imprisoned. Can you bind the chains of the cluttered stars called Pleiades, or loose the cords of the constellation Orion? Can you lead forth a constellation in its season and guide the stars of the bear with her sun? Do you know the ordinances of the heaven, or can you establish their rule over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that an abundance of water will cover you? Can you send forth lightnings that they may go and say to you, Here we are, who has put wisdom in the innermost being of man, or in the layers of the clouds, or given understanding to the mind of man, or to the heavenly display? Who can count the clouds by earthly wisdom, or pour out the water jars of heaven when the dust hardens into a mass and the clods stick together because of the heat? Can you, Job... Hunt the prey for lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens and lie in wait for their lair? Who provides prey for the raven when its young cry to God and wander about without food? Job 38, 5-41 God is omnipresent. He is always present everywhere at the same time. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? 
If I send to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Shul, the netherworld, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will take hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me, and the light will be the only light around me, even the darkness is not dark to you, and conceals nothing from you, but the night shines as bright as the day, darkness and light are alike to you. God's eminence is seen in His divine presence, which fills the entire earth and witness to all events in perpetuity. Am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God far off? Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill the heaven and the earth, says the Lord? Jeremiah 23, 23 and 24. Nothing happens that he does not see. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Proverbs fifteen three. God is a personal, a hands-on God. He does not create the universe for it to simply exist. He has no need for the universe. God is self-sufficient. God who made the world and everything in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He worshipped with men's hands as though He needed anything, since He gives life to all, breath, and all things. Acts 17, 24-25 He does not need anything to sustain Him. So it does not make sense that God is simply a passive observer. But more realistically, God is an active participant in His creation. He didn't just create the world, wind it up like a clock, and let it run on its own devices until it runs out of inertia. He has a continual, ever-existing relationship with the universe and its inhabitants. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through Him, that is, by His activity and for Him. And He Himself existed and is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the controlling, cohesive force of the universe. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. God intentionally created the universe for His own enjoyment. May the glory of the Lord continue forever. The Lord takes pleasure in all He has made. Psalm 104, 31. God's creative power permeates all creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of His hands. Psalm 19.1 He actively operates in the world and our lives, steering its course for His purpose. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of the trouble. Proverbs 16.4 God keeps the world spinning, the seasons going, and the creatures living. But ask the animals and they will teach you, or the birds in the sky and they will tell you, or speak to the earth and it will teach you, or let the fish in the sea inform you, which of all these do not know that the hand of the Lord has done this. In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. Job twelve seven through 10 He cares about all creatures. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in narrow places where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me three times? Balaam answered the donkey, You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I not been a habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? 
I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared it. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. Numbers 22, 21-34 No living thing is too small. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Matthew ten twenty nine through 31 God is life itself. For as the Father has life in himself, so he granted the Son also to have life in himself. John five twenty six. He gave part of himself to all the inhabitants of the earth. You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. Nehemiah 9, 6. God put more of himself in mankind than all the other creatures. He didn't just zap man into being. Man wasn't an accident or a series of cosmic experiments. God handcrafted man individually, separate from every other creature. Your hands have formed me and made me all together. Would you turn around and destroy me? Remember now that you have made me as clay, so you will turn me into dust again? Have you not poured me out like milk and curdled me like cheese? You have clothed me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinews. You have granted me life and loving kindness in your providence. Divine care, supervision has preserved my spirit. Job 10.8-12 through 12. God's image exists in us. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Genesis 5.1 Every glimpse of our reflection proves God's eminence. He doesn't just fashion us to resemble Him. He creates us to be like Him. He does this by breathing His Spirit into us to bring us to life. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of Almighty gives me life. Job 33.4 God is eminent in our lives, so innate within us, that if His Spirit were to leave us, our lives would cease. If God were to take back His Spirit and withdraw His breath, all life would cease, and humanity would turn again to dust. Job 34.14-15 We are simply Pinocchios, made of clay, brought to life, and fueled by His Spirit within us. We literally cannot exist without Him. As mankind, we like to assert and demand our independence. We want to think that we can choose to be apart from Him, but in reality, there is no separation between the Creator and the created. He is in us and will always be a part of us until death may us part. It's His breath in our lungs. God goes a step further in His involvement in our lives than just knowing about us. He planned us out from before the beginning. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. Romans 8, 29-30 Not only did God elevate the species of man above the rest, but He individually designed each of us special. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1.5. God set man apart and designed us for relationship with him. We were never intended to exist aside from God. God had a relationship with Adam, but with Adam's sin, a barrier formed. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Isaiah 59.2. Sin came into the world and tainted all men, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. Now, not only are we separated from God in life, we will live forever without him in death as well. Those who don't 
no God, will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. 2 Thessalonians 2.9 Now, not only are we separated from God in life, we will live forever without Him in death as well. Those who don't know God will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. 2 Thessalonians 2.9 Our God loves us. He does not want this fate for us. And so we know and rely on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God is in them. 1 John 4.19 God uses His resources to help us out of our predicament. He, he is eternal. He has always existed and always will exist. Of old, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. Psalm 102, 25-27. He is also omniscient. He knows everything that has happened and will happen. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Isaiah 42, 9. So God foreknew that man was going to sin and had a plan. He set destiny in motion so that man would not be separated from God forever in life and in death. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption as sons through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of His will. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. God's greatest example of His eminence is sending Jesus Christ in place of the sins of mankind. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. John three sixteen and 17. Jesus' name is eminent. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew 1, 20 through 23. God came to earth to save us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was light of men. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 1 through 4 and 14. Jesus, being sent by God the Father, uses himself as a sacrifice for our sins. He literally dies to change our eternal destination the fate we sentence ourselves to through sin. How much more involved can a God be? He changed the course of our lives. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6, 23. Now, if we accept salvation, we can have eternal life with, and live with him forever. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Revelations 3.20. Upon Jesus' ascent into heaven, he told us that God would send us a helper. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I've said to you. John 14.26. The helper is the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Spirit. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells within you? 1 Corinthians 3.16. When we accept salvation, the Holy Spirit, God, lives inside of us. His breath in our lungs has become our spirit, though it is still His to take away as He chooses. But when the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, 
His Spirit mingles with ours, for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Romans 8.16 Now God lives inside of us in spirit and is always with us wherever we go. God is more than just with us. He is in us. God's involvement in our life doesn't stop at salvation. He wants a father-child relationship with us all. God doesn't just say that we are His children as a euphemism. God wants to have a relationship with us, to make Himself a part of our lives, to spend time with us. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. James 4.8. God walked in the garden with Adam. He talked face-to-face with Moses. He wrestled with Jacob. He wants these relationships with each of us. He wants to help us with our needs. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. No need is too small. And And he said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies." how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Matthew 5, 1 through 12. God is not an inanimate idol. He is always with us. He sees us. Hold the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. Psalm 33, 18. Hagar was mistreated by Sarai. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of the water in the wilderness along the road to Sir. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel said, You are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. The son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, You are the God who sees me. She also said, Have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named Bir Lahai Roy, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Genesis 16, 7-15 Hagar calls God El Roy, the God who sees. In millions of people in the world, God sees you in your situation. Even when it feels like you are all alone, He is there beside you. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for He is right beside me. Psalm 16, 8 Our God is also a God who hears us. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. 1 Peter three twelve. The Israelites cried out to God under the burden of the bondage in Egypt. Years passed, and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. They cried out to God for help. And their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and He remembered His covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Exodus two twenty three through twenty five. God heard their cry. He lets us do it ourselves because that is how we like to do things. He is waiting for us to seek Him out in time of need. God looks down from heaven on mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God.
Psalm 53.2. Our God is not just a God who sits back and observes our struggle. He created us. He predestined us. He knows us. He sees us. He hears us. And best of all, He acts. From the days of old, no one has heard, nor has ear perceived, nor has the eye seen a God beside you who works and acts in behalf of the one who gladly waits for him. Isaiah 64, 4. God wants to help us. God heard the cry of the Israelites and saw their struggle under the oppression of the Egyptians, and he freed them. God saw the Ninevites repent of their wicked ways, so he had compassion on them and did not bring impending disaster upon them. He heard the cries of the Israelites in the wilderness and sent food and made water from rocks. Blind Samson cried out to the Lord, and God granted him one more miraculous feat. God heard Paul's song of praise in prison and rescued him. He looked at David's heart and anointed him king. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Isaiah 41.10 He helps us by giving us His Word and sending the Holy Spirit to live with us and guide us. He works all things together for good for us. He sends His angels to watch over us. The entire world echoes God's eminence. Even the rocks cry out, God is the cord of life laced throughout all mankind. Even those who want to sever the tie cannot completely separate themselves from Him. God's eminence is also revealed in His actions toward us. He created us special in advance. He knows us individually by name. He doesn't just watch us, but operates the good within our lives. He sent Jesus to change the course of our history. We have to choose this destiny for ourselves, one with Him or one without Him. For those who choose to have a life with Him, He promises that He is always with us. He is a good Father that wants to be involved in all areas of our lives. He wants to help us, guide us, protect us, take care of us, but we have to want a relationship with Him. Like any child to a father, we have to ask Him for help. Let's pray. Dear God, I praise You for Your eminence, for being Elroy, the God who sees me and hears me and knows me. I thank You for Your goodness, Your mercy, Your love for loving me so much that You saved me. I will never be worthy of Your gift and Your sacrifice. I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to be with me and to be involved in my life. I give everything, all my struggles, problems, hardships, addictions to you. I ask you to help me, to guide me, to protect me, and to watch over me. I love my Father, my God, my King. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for Mercy Church's Pray 365 podcast. If you want to go to our website, you can subscribe and have it sent weekly to your email at www.wearemercy.church backslash pray365. Or you can also tune in to our daily scriptures that go along with it on our um, Instagram, Facebook, or um, you can also download the calendar as well on our website. We thank you and we hope that you have a wonderful week.